We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Guilty as Charged podcast presented by the Prize Picks. And uh, we are so grateful for our partnership with Prize Picks. You have one more weekend of football to use Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash guilty, uh, code guilty for a deposit match up to $100. So, uh, again, one more weekend of football. You can use it for NBA and NFL stuff as well, but uh, it is what it is. So, uh, tonight, have a great show planned for you guys. Uh, we're going to discuss uh, the futures of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. We now know who is going to be making those decisions. That is Mr. Joe Hortiz. Uh, so it should be a lot of fun. Joining me tonight, as always, is my guy Tyler. Tyler, what's up, man? How are you doing tonight? Excited to try to talk about this for the third time. We've jumped on a live stream three <laughs> separate times with this video in mind, and something always happens. So hopefully we get it together and get through it today. Yes, hopefully. Although this is actually planned, like we are going to talk about it for sure, uh, barring a a real like surprise breaking news in the next five minutes or so. Um, obviously, the the Chargers have officially hired Joe Ortiz. He is the GM. Um, if you're wondering why we're not reacting to that news, we did that for the Chargers. We recorded that yesterday, um, and so that'll be coming on your feeds tomorrow. Um, so we are going to share our thoughts about Joe Hortiz. Uh, I don't know if Tyler has any other additional ones tonight, but, uh, the bulk of our thoughts there will be on the chargers channel tomorrow. Um, so stay tuned for that one. It is, uh, both the beauty and the pain of having to pre-record, uh, as we do not get to live react to these kind of things from time to time. But, um, again, you know, uh, very excited about that episode. I think we had some great discussions about uh, why Joe Hortiz was the right man for the job. And uh, we'll dive into some of his decisions tonight. Yeah, exciting. I'm glad they at least got this wrapped up before the press conference. And when you watch the video tomorrow, we'll talk about all the reasons this is good and how it aligns with the other report that hasn't been confirmed, which is Jesse Minter. So yeah. 
at the time we're trying to piece things together thankfully at least the big thing we talked about um did come to fruition it did actually happen so uh yeah good hire really good hire and excited to see what happens next with the coordinators yeah 100 uh there's a lot of that going around the nfl um <clears throat> of course there was a real uh surprise in the coaching world today as mr ben johnson yeah. decided to stay in detroit um the houston texans also you know bring the band back together there uh, bobby slowick and gerard johnson the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach had kind of been taking other interviews they both get raises now uh in houston obviously the big surprise there is ben johnson so We've talked a lot about Tanner Engstrand, the passing game coordinator for the Lions, and and where he ranks for us among offensive coordinator candidates. He is officially free to leave if he wants to seek out a promotion, and he's interviewed at least two other places. Um, the Chargers, of course, have only put in an interview for Marcus Brady, the former Colts offensive coordinator, uh, and then another obviously is that uh, Greg Roman guy hanging around. Yeah. I, I, it really feels like it's trending that way, right? But I think Tanner Engstrand not being in line to get that promotion with the Lions does change things. Uh, and he's talked about someone um, tagged me in a press conference video and he talked about, of course, working with Jim and that sort of thing at Michigan. So I, I do think that does change things a bit. And hopefully it's kind of what we've been hoping for, which is Greg Roman as the associate head coach, offensive line, tight ends, whatever. Then Angstrand comes in and just is that perfect balance to literally coordinate the passing game just as the offensive coordinator. So I'm, I'm hoping it's something like that, but I it, it feels like a coin flip at this point. And then, and then, Sorry, I, don't know, I, didn't, I didn't have any other thoughts after that. <laughs> Sorry, I was typing in the chat. Um, yeah, so just to clarify something about Tanner Angstrand, um, he has called plays in the past. Uh, it was at the University of San Diego as well as in the XFL. So he hasn't called plays in the NFL, but he has called plays in his past. He's obviously been working in, in a great situation um, in Detroit, and you know he's been working with tight ends. And so a lot of these, um, oh, I guess Alex just quoted some news on Twitter. We have news. <clears throat> que paso? Ah, 16 million uh, per year. So he's actually under. Yeah. Sean so Payton. Sean Payton was 18 million per year. Jim Harbaugh yeah. at 16 million per year. Wow. Cool. So the official number is five years, $80 million, as was uh, mentioned in the chat. So uh, the supposed final offer from Michigan was $11.5 million uh, per year. So really? Yeah. I thought they would have. Yeah. You know, Huh. Okay. Very interesting there. Basically, it's kind of a wash because of California taxes. Um, yeah. But, yeah. That's the official number is uh, 16 per year. All right. There we go. Um. Anyways, what was I saying? I don't know. Oh, what I was saying is that Dan Campbell, there's some coaches out there that kind of earmark like the tight end slash passing game coordinator role for like mm. future offensive coordinator future um head coach roles obviously dan campbell was that for new orleans ben johnson was that for dan campbell before taking over from anthony lynn which is crazy to think about anthony <laughs> lynn calling plays for him um and so 
Ben uh, Tanner Angstrand is that next guy in line. So we'll see what happens with with Mr. Angstrand. I would love to see the Chargers at least interview him. Um, like I said, we only have the one official interview. Um, so hopefully we can get this thing uh, cranked up a little bit here in the next few days. Yeah. Do you think we'll get both coordinators announced before Thursday? Or do you think Jim is someone who would announce that the day of the presser? At this point, nothing would be a surprise, I think. I think we kind of feel like we all know who it is. And Minter's Minter's yeah. 99% of the way locked in. But Yeah, I, yeah, I do agree with that. It, it, Minter, the Chargers have to do a formal interview process for a defensive coordinator. They do have to yeah. comply with the Rooney rule, so they do have to interview one external minority candidate. Um, I don't believe Jesse Minter qualifies there. Um, someone feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going to um, say no. <laughs> so, you know... I kind of do expect that we hear news on Thursday or by Thursday. I think in the press conference, before the press conference, I think we do get some coaching staff news. You know, the, the Chargers obviously have been kind of wrapping things up with Joe Hortiz and, and Jim Harbaugh has just, you know, been in L.A. for uh, two days now. Actually, yeah, today's the second day in L.A. So um, I, I'm not necessarily surprised we don't have – much besides what we've already received from in terms of staff news. Yeah, all good. Patience is cool. Everything's worked out so far. I don't expect to be very disappointed, but I am I am I am not going to overly react in a positive way and do handstands for Greg Roman. <laughs> so no, I will not be overly positive about uh Tanner Angstrand either, honestly. I think he's a good candidate, but I don't think he's like this home run candidate. But on the other side, I'm not going to be like overly critical. I, th I think there was always the possibility of hiring Greg Roman as offensive coordinator when Jim Harbaugh is is your coach. Uh, Jim trusts Greg Roman uh, exponentially. He's worked with him several times throughout his career. Um, there are positives to Greg Roman's offense. The run game is going to be significantly better going forward. It's just there are some concerns, obviously, and things did not end very well in Baltimore. So... We'll see what happens there. I think Jim Harbaugh could pull from anywhere. Like I've said before, I think he, this offensive coordinator list could be uh, as extensive as he would want it to be. The question is, obviously, how much does he really want to interview other people or not? Maybe uh, John Harbaugh wants uh, Greg Roman back after they ran Gus Edwards three times <laughs> in the championship game. And so we'll take Monken and that'll work out. Yeah, yeah, I, I will gladly take Todd Munkin off of their hands, <laughs> and they can have Greg Roman. Uh, yeah, Josh pointing out Rex Rex Ryan went off about Greg Roman. I think Todd Munkin was generally fantastic for the Ravens this year, outside yeah. of Sunday against the Chiefs. So it was just kind of, you know, one of those games where you, suddenly the Chiefs kind of are that team where they can just drag you into the muck now, which is super fun to watch as a Chargers fan. Yeah, and then they'll take two more receivers in this upcoming draft. They'll be really good by default. Actually, I, don't, I wouldn't say that. The Chiefs haven't been great there. But you find another Rishi Rice contributor kind of guy, Brian Thomas Jr., uh, where they're picking 31st or 32nd maybe, Troy Franklin, whatever. Uh, yeah, that'll be a problem. They've never really had like a super deep wide receiver room. Like, it, it, like obviously they had Tyree Kill, but he was pretty much the only guy who was like consistently making plays for them. A lot of that is obviously the weight of Travis Kelsey and what he's able to do. Um but we'll see what happens. Rasheed Rice, I think, is is a fantastic player there. So um, just to kind of wrap this this uh, start up here. So uh, Jim Harbaugh is going to have his press conference on Thursday. 
I kind of figured that it might be both at the same time. But Joe Ortiz is going to have his own separate introductory press conference. That's going to be on February 6th, So, um, which is good for us. We'll, we'll have two times to talk about press conferences. gives us lots of content. Um, I've been listening to Joe Ortiz press conferences, and that man certainly it, it can communicate at a press conference. It will be nice to not just have a nothing burger press conference to talk about. <laughs> yeah, no, it will be nice. I'm excited to hear what he has to say about the Ravens and their process. And, hey, maybe – we interviewed a GM last year. Let's make it two years in a row. That'd be great. And I think fans would be a bit more excited. Yeah. Horky's interview. Yeah. yeah 100%. He's Thank had you, a lot Mr. of, yeah, a lot of quotable uh, comments out there recently. So it uh, yeah. should be fun. Um, you know, his, his statement today was a really great statement. I thought it was beautifully written. I thought that, you know, him, uh, again, talking about, I'm here to win a Super Bowl. This is why I'm coming. And I think should be, very exciting. So, uh, again, this is uh, featuring Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. We're going to be, you know, pivoting here to our main segment, which is cut, keep, trade, Keenan Allen or Mike Williams. To me, this is probably this the the second decision that you make. We did a, a segment on this uh, this version of Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. I think that's probably where you start if you're Joe Ortiz. Um, this is probably the second decision. So again, we have a presentation. We're going to dive into some specifics. We're going to mention all of the cap stuff, all the trade stuff, and then we'll uh, give a verdict at the end here. All righty. Let go. Okay. Um, first things first that we uh, have to talk about is recent uh, relevant wide receiver trade history. Um, we tried to keep this as similar as possible, you know, to the specific situations of these two wide receivers. Both are obviously Keenan Allen is older. Um, he's on the last year of his, of his third contract, Mike Williams also aging coming off of an ACL injury. So like there are other wide receiver trades that you could bring up here. Um, and, and obviously like Deandre Hopkins in, in his trade to Arizona. And obviously you have Stefan Diggs and, and Tyree kill. Hey, the Chargers are not going to first round pick for either of these guys. You know, that is firmly not on the table. So I figured we'd bring up these specific trades here. Um, if you want to start at the higher end, Julio Jones's trade from the Falcons to the Titans, which did not go well for the Tennessee Titans, is probably like best case scenario here. Um, the, the Falcons were able to get a, a 2021 second rounder and a 2022 fourth rounder. Um, and Tyler, I guess my question to you there, obviously it would be Keenan if you're yeah. talking, you know, best possible trade package, what would you say the likelihood is that they could replicate that kind of trade package for Keenan Allen? I would say, hmm, it's tough because Julio Jones definitely carries something that Keenan Allen doesn't, which is the pedigree Heck, even the college, the first round pick, the ceiling that he has, uh, Julio Jones, I should say, what a team would chase in this instance, it's, it is higher than what Keenan Allen provides. Even though if we feel Keenan Allen's a top 10 wide receiver, Julio Jones is a guy who was potentially the number one receiver, two receiver in the NFL for several years. So I think teams might be chasing that. The reason that they could, though, replicate something in the next slide I added um, to this was like the age of the players when they were traded and the stats in the year that they were traded. Mm -hmm. 
Julio Jones numbers that final year with the Falcons. I mean, 51 catches, 771 yards at age 32, which is about right where Keenan Allen is. Keenan Allen is 31. This will be his age 32 season. And Keenan Allen far outproduced that, even though he missed several games. He was beyond that. So I think you feel like you can get more years and a higher floor with Keenan Allen, more so than with Julio Jones. And that has basically proven to be true. Well, at least with Julio, it's not like it's been, wow, 1,500-yard seasons. I mean, that Tennessee trade, was it's not good for them. It did not work out like they were hoping. No. Um, at the same time, I think teams sometimes chase that first-round pedigree sort of thing. So what I'm trying to say is I think I land right where you sort of have it. A second-round pick. Like, I'll say, like, day three – or, excuse me, day two pick, and then something else. I do think Keenan Allen is worth that. And, and if he had – Honestly, if he had stayed healthy the whole year, maybe you could convince a team for a first-round pick. I don't think so, but if he had stayed healthy the whole year, you're talking about second-team All-Pro and, and looking better than ever. So I think this is about right. I think a, a day-two pick like you have it here or like Leo Jones got and one day-three pick, I think that's about fair. Mike Williams will not come close to this. No, Mike Williams definitely not. Uh, we can have that conversation here in a minute. But Keenan, I think... Like he talked about at his press conference at the end of the season, and he was saying that if they were in the playoff hunt, he would have been able to come back and play. And had he not gotten hurt, had Justin Herbert not gotten hurt, you know, this would have been, he would have shattered his career highs across the board. Um, it, he was having such a great season. Um, Kellen Moore was, that was the best thing that Kellen Moore did, in my opinion, was, was expand Keenan Allen's role beyond just playing in the slot, doing short stuff. Um, so I, I love the way that Kelmore used Keenan Allen. It was it was the, my favorite thing about the Kelmore experience. So if he had stayed healthy, I think this this is is certainly attainable. But that being said, he did get injured. He did get injured the previous year. You know he is he is aging. Although his, his game, I think, will age very nicely. Obviously, as as we've kind of talked about, yeah, <clears throat> before. So I, I do think that. <clears throat> excuse me, uh, that time of year, I guess. Uh, at least I'm not like the ref at on Sunday's game. Um, <laughs> so I, I do think this is kind of the higher end. If I had to guess, like Chargers make Keenan Allen available. There's so many contenders that would, would hop on this. Like you think of all these teams with young quarterbacks and like what Keenan Allen could do for like CJ Stroud kind of deal or like what he could do in the NFC, you know, uh, for the, the Green Bay Packers. I think somebody mentioned that in the chat earlier. Um, I, I wouldn't say second or fourth. I would probably say like maybe a th like third at minimum, I think is, is what yeah. you can fetch for Keenan Allen if he was, you know, to be placed on the market. So, of course uh, so, <laughs> sorry, no, uh, the only thing, other thing I'll bring up, which we can get into later as well, but I'll bring it up now is that Larry Fitzgerald, which has sort of been like the comp for Keenan Allen is how the career could pan out. He turned 32 years old. And had three more seasons with a thousand yards, and then yeah. two more seasons after that, but it wasn't, it was like 800 and 700 or something. So that's kind of what I'm thinking with Keenan Allen. Uh, and then we'll get into Mike Williams. Yeah. Um, kind of on the lower end, perhaps Amari Cooper was traded from the Dallas Cowboys to the Cleveland Browns in 2022. Um, I remember being shocked at the time that that's yeah. all the Cowboys were able to get, but you looked at the specific contract numbers and it was. You know, it, I think Amari Cooper had at least three years left on his existing contract extension. So the money was a little bit uh, dicey there. Ultimately, the Cowboys got a fifth round pick and then a sixth round pick swap in exchange for Amari Cooper. 
So again, maybe something in between what Cooper got and Jones got could be similar to what Keenan Allen could potentially fetch on the market. I listed Devontae Parker. Um, you know, he's obviously a guy that's kind of been compared to Mike Williams every once in a while, you know, big body jump ball guy. I kind of forgot that this trade even happened. So the Miami Dolphins <laughs> sent him and a fifth round pick to the Patriots uh, in 2022, which uh, for a third round pick, which essentially equates to like a fourth round pick. So the fact that the Patriots mm-hmm. traded a fourth round pick for Devontae Parker uh, is pretty freaking surprising. Um, nobody really takes into consideration like trades. So like I, I've seen this, you know, quite often, you know, the comment of like, you know, Nikhil Harry fetched this and Devontae Parker got that. Like, Teams don't look at other teams' trades for wide receivers and think, okay, like that's not the market. It's a different kind of deal than like free agency, where that is like the next guy up sets the sets the market there. So, right, um, definitely worth talking about in terms of Devontae Parker and him getting essentially a fourth round pick, though. Yeah, I, I honestly forgot that happened. Parker for a fourth, Mohamed Sanu for a second, <laughs> two years before that, like, which was insane. Yeah. Uh, so rounding it out here, I think this is probably where we can maybe talk about the Mike Williams range. Yep. Um, Robbie Chosen Anderson was traded. Um, I, I think I put it backwards here. I think it was Arizona to the Panthers, or was it the other way around? So you had it as Arizona to the Panthers. It was Panthers to Arizona. Okay, my bad. Okay. Um, so the Panthers got a 2024 fifth-round pick and a 2025 sixth-round pick. Um, and then Brandon Cooks, uh, for like the seventh time, <laughs> straight from the Houston Texans to the Dallas Cowboys this past offseason for a 2023 fifth round pick and a 2024 sixth round pick. Yeah, I think with Mike Williams, that sounds about right. And frankly, if it was slightly less than Brandon Cook Scott, I would understand. I just think, okay, $32 million cap hit this upcoming season. We'll see who takes what and you know who has to shoulder most of that that um, for the team, but for the contract. ACL tear, inconsistent with health, a deep wide receiver class upcoming, and, and the previous year, a lot of teams solved a lot of issues. Even just a wide receiver too was someone that they got. So I just don't know with this class coming up too that there's going to be a whole lot of a market for, for Mike Williams. What is the ceiling here? Yeah, it's pretty high. I think in theory, in theory, if everything works out and he were healthy and had a good quarterback, Mike Williams could be a top 10 receiver in the league, but it's he's never gotten there. And that's been sort of the, kind of the frustrating part throughout this whole career. He's never quite gotten there, maybe top 15 for a year or a stretch, but that's it. And with the injury, with the inconsistency, with the cap hit, not that he's older, but you know, he's 28 going on 29. Uh, I, I just, I don't know how much he's going to fetch. I really think anyone hoping for, Oh, let's use Mike Williams to trade it for Marvin Harrison Jr. Like it's just not going to happen, guys. You know, on, on the tankathon board or on the draft value pick board, he's probably worth like fifth round, sixth round, maybe. You're you're really at that point just trying to shed the contract, not trying to get a ton of value for Mike Williams. Yeah, um, I guess I can just answer that question uh, real quick. From uh, Bolt Brett, who has absolutely been crushing in the coaching hiring in terms of graphic swap yes. swaps. Uh, Brett has been great. So can they release players and sign them again for less? The answer to that question is yes. It is very um, rare. It is not a common occurrence. The Eagles did release Fletcher Cox um, a couple oh, yeah. of off seasons ago and then re-sign him to basically like a vet minimum contract. So it is possible. 
you know, the, the obviously the players have to be willing to do that. The team has to be willing to do that. You know, there's a lot that goes into it. Generally speaking, if you release a player, though, he's he, he's gone. Um, Mike Williams, I think it, it's a tougher conversation from a trade perspective. Um, and I guess we can kind of lead here into the next slide. Um, agent stats when traded here is certainly relevant. I think Mike Williams has the stats. He has the age. But it's just the injury history and, and specifically this ACL tear. Like we talked about Joey yep. Bosa and his, you know, uh, chances of being traded. Joey's healthy now. Like he he could go play a game tomorrow if there was one. Um, Mike Williams, you know, tearing his ACL in October and not having their surgery for a few weeks after that. Like best case scenario is that he's ready for week one. But there's a chance, and we saw this with Jalen Guyton and some of those other guys last year, there's a chance that he's not ready to play until halfway through the season. So it, yeah. to me, Mike Williams, the trade conversation is it's almost just like a non-starter. Like what team out there is going to throw a trade asset for uh, the chance of maybe Mike Williams for half a season coming off an ACL tear? So it, it's just a really yeah. – it was an unfortunate injury you know, at the time, obviously. And I think the chances of him being traded for the Chargers, unfortunately, are pretty slim. Like maybe you could say, hey, like we'll do a pick swap and and just you know maybe get you know a six round pick for a seventh round pick kind of deal. But it's yeah, it's it's a it's a tough spot for Mike Williams to be in right now. Yeah, he he's unfortunately not worth a ton, and I don't see another team again. This class is full of receivers. I just don't think Mike Williams is that kind of guy that a team would yeah. pay a whole lot for. And you mentioned, you know, the ACL, even just looking at the Chargers themselves this past year and the guys who came back from devastating knee injuries, whatever that was, none of those guys were really the same. Obviously, JC Jackson, um, Austin Johnson, these guys, they were not the same. So people hoping that Mike Williams comes back and is the same guy, it's probably not going to happen. Jalen Guyton had an ACL tear. Uh, I don't know how much I expected of him, but he certainly didn't contribute a ton. And if you look at Mike Williams' injury history, it's the fractured vertebrae at Clemson, disc herniation, his rookie year, he only had 95 yards, uh, back spasms, sprained AC joint, hamstring injury, back injury against the Falcons, back fracture last year, high ankle sprain, um, high ankle sprain, torn ACL this past year. Like, it's not even just that he was really, really good and then tore his ACL, and that's kind of his only real thing. It's a history of some pretty, you know, serious stuff. And that's even just the stuff that's causing him to miss games. How many times have we seen Mike Williams in the game? And God bless him for trying to get out there half the time. <laughs> but he'll, yeah. like, he'll, he'll play like against the Chiefs on prime time. He caught one ball. I think he played four snaps. got hurt. And that was it. He, he misses a lot of time in the games as well because of, of how hurt he is. And it's unfortunate because he's one of the most fun players I've ever watched um, play for the Chargers. But He's just not available. So the injuries, the contract, everything. I don't know who's going to go. Yes, we got to go get him. I really think you're trying your best. I, I think what we end up seeing is we see the Chargers. We see that whole thing where it's like, oh, the Chargers tried to shop Mike Williams at the deadline, but they ended up releasing him and couldn't find a suitable partner. Like, I just feel like we see that so often in the NFL. I feel like that's where it's kind of trending uh, for Mike Williams. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. And, and like you mentioned, the wide receiver class is certainly, you know, uh, playing a role in how these veteran wide receivers are treated. As an aside, I am very curious to see, like, 
what happens with the wide receiver market from a free agency standpoint with all mm. of these wide receivers coming in. I mean, there were, I think we counted like 12 rookie receivers who made strong impacts last year. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Sigma, you know, was inclined to believe that that is, is the case again this year. And I mean, we're hearing about, you know, all these guys that are crushing it at the senior bowl um, right now, which is, is a fun time. And would you rather take a, you know, a second round pick on, a Troy Franklin on a Troy Franklin or a Tez Walker, or would you rather trade for Mike Williams? Like, I think it's just an easier decision uh, for teams that could maybe wait it out and see what happens um, with Mike Williams and his health later on. Yeah. Uh, yes. He, he definitely had people are mentioning in the chat. Mike Williams could definitely go to the chiefs or the Raiders. I'm sure he'd do well. Um, Please don't go to the Chiefs, buddy. They'll do great <laughs> narrowhead, though. Those eight games a year are going to be sick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he he loves playing in that place. Although, I wonder what it's like uh, for him. I guess we could ask Drew Tranquilo what it would be like. But um, if you can trade him, I would love to trade him to the NFC. Yeah. Uh, to yeah. not trade him to the AFC, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So, from a cap standpoint, we'll get into the specifics here. Um, in terms of dead money and cap savings, our visual audience can see that right there. Um, for Keenan Allen, um, the, the pre and post June 1st numbers do not change. Um, but for Keenan, in terms of a cut or a trade, the Chargers would take on uh, $11.6 million in dead cap. They would save $23.1 million in savings. So I know that nobody wants to, to get rid of Keenan Allen. I certainly do not want to get rid of Keenan Allen. But the numbers are are what they are, and it is it definitely something that Joe Ortiz is going to be taking a look at. That twenty three point one million dollars in savings makes a pretty big difference. Yes, it does. Although it is wild that you can cut both of these guys, save forty three point one million dollars, and still be two million dollars over the cap. You, you, can, <laughs> you can completely you can completely shed these contracts, and you still are over the cap, and you still need to make more moves. Although that's not including Corey Lindsley, which I guess I should factor in here. Yeah, unfortunate. Um, when money gets pushed like this, it is now somebody's problem in a different year. Well, we're now in that problem in that year, and it is now Joel Ortiz's problem to work through. Uh, I guess the the difference here we talked about edge rushers before is that these the cap savings for these guys are a bit more comparable. I think with Joey Bosa, it was like a seven or eight million dollar difference yeah. in terms of like a pre-June first cut. Here, I think that not only do you have someone who presents themselves as a similar cut candidate, like okay, in terms of injuries and moving on, et cetera, like if you have to pick one, the Chargers are gonna have to pick one, but I think it's even easier with someone like a Mike Williams because his numbers reflect a much higher number than Joey's, which I believe is 13 million dollars in saving. No, that's still a lot. The Chargers need that. But you quote unquote only save 13 million with Joey. With Williams, a whole 20 million is a big difference. Yeah, huge difference. Um, like I mentioned, you, the, the pre post June 1st does not change for either of those players. Um, like Tyler mentioned, you get a $12.5 million dead cap charge for cutting or trading Mike Williams, and you save the $20 million. So um, it, it is, I, I feel like the numbers for the wide receivers, like Tyler is saying, are cleaner in terms of the savings. I think it is more impactful. Um, Daniel Popper wrote about like a rip the bandaid off approach. And you look at like Jim Harbaugh's background and, and Joe Ortiz's background. And, you know, I, I'm not saying this is going to happen, 
but I do think that there is a chance that these guys get together and say, Hey, you know what? Like we trust our ability to develop wide receivers. We're going to run the piss out of the ball anyway. Uh, we believe in our quarterback and his ability to maximize receiver. This is a great wide receiver class. I think there is a chance that they at least consider cutting both wide receivers and keeping the edge rushers. I do like, that's not what I would do. It's not what I want to happen, but I do think it's a scenario that yeah. the, the chargers could consider, you know, especially as they're bringing in a new defensive coordinator to the NFL, you don't have the kind of luxury on defense as a Justin Herbert, as an offensive line, as a Jim Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. So I do think it's worth at least discussing that maybe the Chargers could consider moving on from both of these guys as much as people don't want to hear about that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what's up, Chargers fans? Make Little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day. Order online during our Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before NFL games, and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the tastiest hour before Chargers kickoff. Hey, it's Tyler from the Guilty as Charged podcast. I'm here to talk about prize picks. Prize picks is a skill-based, real-money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? You pick two to six players, and if they will go more or less than their prize picks projection. Watch your progress update in real time, win up to 25 times your entry amount, and cash out your winnings with quick scoring, settling, and withdrawals. PrizePix offers frequent discounts, bonuses, and other exciting offers. Players can enjoy community-wide promotions, including weekly promotions like Taco Tuesday and Flex Friday. I've loved using prize picks so far. This week's I've got Justin Herbert with more than 284.5 passing yards and Keenan Allen with more than 82.5 receiving yards. To make your selections, go to prizepicks.com guilty and use code guilty for our first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com guilty and use code guilty for a first deposit match up to $100. Yeah, in theory... In theory, and we talked about this, and you just mentioned it. 
because the wide receiver class is so strong and because we what we just saw with the previous class you could take a neighbors at five or odunze if you're daniel jeremiah and you have him as the third overall player in the class yeah you could take one of those guys and you could take another guy and you could do it again in round two if you want you could take it in round three and you'd find your one two and then you also have josh palmer you have quentin johnson maybe greg roman is the secret to quentin johnson unlocking his success or maybe it's jim harbaugh i don't know so i definitely could see a world where they look down and say look it is very difficult for us to find an edge rusher in this class we can't take one at five the one who is the best edge rusher law has a medical history and we're going to shy away from that we don't feel like that's something we can do at five if they're sticking and picking of course so what do you do you got to take an offensive player i think they're taking an offensive player anyway but you, you you hold on to the edge rushers especially because you don't get a lot for joey by cutting him you might as well see he is super valuable and maybe you feel like with joey i guess i'm just throwing this out there like we are going to bring in the best strength and conditioning guys you know we've let go of the previous guy we're going to get back you you know you back into maybe a scheme you feel better in i don't know a weight you feel more comfortable at because he was trying to increase his weight last year and he's been switching positions like it's just it's been a lot i think for joey as well so maybe yeah. i just don't see that actually happening but it, it is a thing we have to consider no like i said it, it's not what i would do it's not what i prefer yeah i do think that the chargers are i think everything is on the table for the chargers like i, I was having this discussion on twitter today where it's like oh well, like that's not possible or this is not possible this is a brand new regime the chargers have a yes. chance to essentially you know wipe their hands of everybody on the roster outside of like th four or five guys who are our foundational pieces that you keep for sure. A and this is, we've seen this so many times in the NFL where guys come into a new situation, you get a new head coach, new GM, and mm -hmm. they just prefer to start fresh outside of like the core pieces that are, are, you know, definitely locked up. So it's not what I want to happen at all, but I think it's a scenario that the chargers are going to discuss the other scenario that they're going to discuss is a Keenan Allen extension and what that might look like in terms of an avenue to save money as well. Um, you know, you look at obviously the dead cap money, you don't save any, there's zero dead cap for an extension. The Chargers could save up to $17 million, according to Over the Cap, in 2024 if you extend Keenan Allen. The obvious caveat there is that you push money into 2025, potentially beyond, depending on how that exactly works. But theoretically, you could extend Keenan Allen for add one additional season onto his contract, add a void year or two or whatever, and you could really make this a workable deal for Keenan Allen if he wants to stay, if Jim Harbaugh mm -hmm. wants him to stay, if Joe Ortiz wants him to stay. So again, I think everything is on the table for Keenan. I think you explore the trade market. I think you explore an extension. I think you explore cutting him because that's what a new situation with a new GM requires. I would prefer an extension, but mm -hmm. I think everything is on the table here. I think you spend your due diligence of 10 minutes per scenario trying to figure out, okay, what could a trade scenario look like? You have to make those calls. You have to see, because I, I don't recall how he became available, but like, Nobody knew that Klimak was going to be available and they just yeah. happened to make the call. And they're like, That's oh, he's example. available. Okay, yeah. great. Go get him. <laughs> you know, Mike McDaniel was just talking about Tyreek Hill and someone was saying, hey, like, I don't know if you knew this, but like Tyreek Hill might be available. And he's like, what? How? <laughs> you know, how is that even possible? So, yeah. 
you know, another team could be like, oh, really? And then want to really, you know, give up a ton for him. So you do have to make the call. And I, I think Keenan would understand, uh, as he's mentioned, they've been trying to replace him for years now with first round picks. Hasn't yeah. happened yet, man. He's, he's still the number one receiver, uh, despite two first round picks and one third round pick. Um, but I think this ultimately ends up being an extension. One more thing real quick before we move on, I guess, to verdict or whatever. Talking about edge rusher versus receiver. I was just curious how the rookie classes panned out. The edge rusher group, man, like I really liked this edge rusher group in this previous class. Yeah, I thought there's a lot of good edge rushers. And there's, there's reasons why some guys didn't play as much. There were three players who had 50 or more pressures as a rookie. Will Anderson, Tuli Tuipolotu, and Byron Young. That's skipping over a lot of guys I really liked in yeah. the first or second or third round. Yeah. I mean, the next guy after that was Yaya Diaby with 26. That's it. You had three guys over 50. The next guy was 26. With receivers, you had 11 guys over 550 yards uh, as rookies. So I yeah. think you just feel like you can go find another contributor at wide receiver. So again, that, that's a potential reason why you look at moving on from both of these guys. Definitely one of them. But I'm with you. Uh, you find a way to keep Keenan. Yeah, I I think it's a worthwhile point. Edge rusher is if you're drafting at the top and you're drafting like a premium guy, like yeah, you're more likely to get instant impact out of the player out of a player like that. Will Anderson is is the like example there. Aiden Hutchinson, same kind of thing. Those guys hit and generally hit right away. Thule, Byron Young, that's a rarity. Like the fact that the Chargers and Rams got over fifty pressures from a second round pick and a third round pick is pretty crazy. So it is much easier to come in right away and make an impact as a wide receiver compared to the edge rusher. So again, I think that is, is certainly worth worth bringing up. And again, the, this is Joe Ortiz about, he's coming from the Ravens where they consider every possibility. Like they are going to mm-hmm. talk about these kind of things um, over the next few months. Yeah. People are mentioning, you know, trading Quinton Johnson, moving on from him. The chargers do lose money. If they trade him, they are <laughs> uh, stuck. For better or worse. Yeah. We talked about player development. Maybe Quentin gets better. We'll see. Um, Position needs, if either or both are moved, um, you know, obviously on the roster, it's not a whole lot if both are gone. You have Josh Palmer, (laughs) like Tyler has in the thing here. He's awesome. He's heard a lot. The guy has had two or three concussions in the NFL. He's had a couple knee sprains. It's unfortunate because I really felt like he was taking that leap this season before the most recent injury. So we'll see what happens there. I would love to see Josh Palmer healthy. I think he's a fantastic role player. Quentin Johnson, not great, Bob. Um, He's going to have to put in a lot of work. Uh, We've heard about how hard Jim Harbaugh is on his players. Mm -hmm. Quentin is going to have to like really earn his trust there. Um, Like I mentioned, I don't think anybody on the roster outside of a handful of guys have uh, secured spots. And Quentin is certainly one of them. Darius Davis. I think he'll use, Darius Davis in a similar kind of role. He's gadget player specialist. He's a great special teams player. Uh, and then Simi Falco, who did go to Stanford, is a Stanford guy. Um, and got a touchdown before <laughs> Quentin right. Johnson, but uh, then never played after that touchdown. So that's <laughs> that's the wide receiver roster. They could certainly add to their wide receiver roster in the draft. It's a great wide receiver class. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's the status of the roster if one or both of these guys are not on the roster. It's frustrating because if you think of the process, the process in terms of the decisions made was pretty sound. You get Josh Palmer, great. That's your heir apparent to at least one of these two guys. Then you use a first runner on a, on a receiver last year. Okay, maybe it was 
our wide receiver five, but they did prepare for this, right? And yet, swing and a miss with Quentin, pretty bad so far. And eh, a single, in, with the injuries considered, maybe a single or a double with Josh Palmer. Um, now, the last two games he played against the Chiefs, dropped 250 yards against them, against a very good defense, good secondary. So he's got the potential. We all see it. We've seen it. He got better this past year. Yeah. Yards per route run is up a lot. It's up by like 50% or something. He really improved the separation score. He's right there with Keenan Allen, but he's hurt a lot. So it's so tough for the Chargers because they kind of did the right thing, maybe slowly, but they had a guy ready. They got a first rounder. Okay, here we go. We're ready to move on from one or two of these guys. And, oh, crud, we definitely have to keep at least one of them. Now, the good news is Keenan Allen earned the right to be kept. It's not like it's a, a forced thing here because nobody else stepped up. He also kicked ass. But if 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 they're if you move on from both of these guys, one, you're taking a receiver at five, obviously. Yeah. And two, you probably got to take another one uh, on day two uh, because Josh Palmer or Quentin Johnston, I cannot depend on them or believe they're anything more than a wide receiver three right now. Even if I believe Josh Palmer plays as well as a T Higgins as a wide receiver two, he's not out there enough and it's unfortunate. Yeah. Let's say Tyler, they extend Keenan. How much does that uh, extend Keenan cut Mike, Mike Williams hypothetically? Yeah. How much does that change your thought of taking a wide receiver at number five? I personally do not believe they take a wide receiver at five. If if we're to believe that this wide receiver class is like the last one and you feel that, yes, yeah, sure. The top of the class is way better. But if you feel the depth of this class is as strong as the last one and on in round three or four, there are several players sitting there who can walk in and get 700, 800 yards with, well, we'll see what this offense is like with Greg Roman. But in theory, <laughs> in theory, hey man, do... we're not talking about hypothetical offensive coordinator scenarios yet. <laughs> okay. Um, all righty. If Herbert gets to throw at a semi-normal rate in some offense with some coordinator, there you go. I just, I just feel like you can find another receiver later on. I don't think yeah. moving on from Mike Williams means automatic receiver at five. Again, tight end is literally wide open. There's nobody there. Yeah, and I think taking an this is as an aside, but I think taking powers alleviates their need at wide receiver too. So that is something to consider. Yeah. Um, if you, if you extend Keenan, move on from Mike, I, I think wide receiver at five is in play, but I think a guy like Joe Ortiz with all of these needs would say, Hey, you know what? Like I don't need Malik neighbors. I can go get Roman Wilson, who Jim Harbaugh is very familiar with in the third round and, and call it good. Or I can go get Xavier Worthy in the second round. He, he solves my speed problem. I drafted Hollywood Brown previously. It's very similar players. And it's not going to cost me a first round pick. So I I know everybody wants Malik Neighbors and he's a great player. He's going to rank very highly for me. Um, and an, a lot can change right now. But I kind of think it's more likely that the Chargers do not take a wide receiver than they do right now. You're muted, Tyler. Gosh darn it. All right. <laughs> anyway, I agree. I do not. I think they are. And I said this last year when they took Quentin at 21. 
So I guess who knows, right? Different regimes. Yeah. Yeah. I I just feel like, see, we're not talking hypothetical Greg Roman, but I have to say it. It feels like Brock Bowers is that kind of guy for yeah. Harbaugh and the extension of being physical and the run game. That isn't really Malik Neighbors. That, that's kind of more of a Brock Bowers thing. Yeah. So technically, I think that could be Romo Dunze more so than Neighbors if they want to go a extension of, of being physical sort of route there. So, yeah, I, but I, I don't think wide receivers really in play for them at five. You trade back, then you take BPA. Sure, I, I'd actually would understand if you trade back to eight, nine, ten, whatever. And if Odinze and Neighbors are sitting there, hey, go for it or Bowers. But yeah. I just don't. I don't think wide receiver is quite in play unless they really want to blow up this room and they also think that Quentin Johnson is not going to do anything good in this league. And yeah, then you, maybe. <laughs> if the Chargers move on from Keenan and Mike, then 100% pick number five is a wide receiver. Um, yeah. But I think that's, again, nothing. It, it's January 30th. Anything is possible here. <laughs> um, yeah. I just tend to think that with all of the needs – that the Chargers have right now, I I just tend to think that Joe Ortiz is going to look at tight end, at offensive line, at a trade yeah. down. It doesn't seem like the defenders are going to get that kind of leap right now, mm-hmm. um, especially with Liatu Latu's medical concerns. Um, I just think that tight end or trade down are, are more likely right now than wide receiver. But again, a lot can change. Yeah. Maybe Romo Dunze goes to the combine and runs like a four three five, and then everybody's on on that hype train as well. So that would be kind of crazy. Supposedly he ran like a four three nine at Washington this past off season. So we'll see. Well, yeah. Well, Traylon Brooks was supposed to run like a, a four zero, and then he, <laughs> he ran like a four six. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we'll see. And he was like fifteen pounds overweight. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, me and you both, dude. But same. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Odinze will probably crush it. I'm sure he will. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Tyler. Verdict here. I think this is a pretty straightforward conversation for me in terms yeah. of verdicts. Um, what say you? Uh, extend Keenan Allen. I, I think he's more worth keeping now than he was even last year when I said there was 0% chance that they were going to move on from him. I think you extend Keenan Allen. I think the 2024 cap hit is ridiculous. So extend him. Give him a few more years. The most important person is Justin Herbert. It's not Jim Harbaugh. It is Justin Herbert. People may disagree, but their goal was to put the number, to build the team around Justin Herbert. And Keenan Allen's his guy. And I think Justin Herbert, we've sort of seen that he kind of has some say in who maybe gets to stick around. Unless yeah. they felt like just, unless someone really wanted to run him back with Jalen Guyton, I think that was more of a, of a Herbert thing. Keenan Allen's going to stick around for a few more years. They'll pass Antonio Gates. He said he's wanted that to be his goal. So he's going to pass Antonio Gates and be potentially a Mount Rushmore player for the Chargers when all is said and done, especially if they can win with Harbaugh and get into the postseason. So I think Keenan stays on an extension. Mike Williams, unless they can find a suitor, I do believe he's cut. Of course, with all these, you know, of course, we all lean trade first. But whereas I think, Joey, you can fetch something for him. Yeah, I think Mike Williams is going to just be a flat-out cut candidate. Yeah, I, I'd be pretty surprised if Mike Williams were traded. I think this is, unfortunately, just a, a situation where the injury decided his fate several months ago. Um, you cannot keep him on his existing contract. It's going to be very difficult to trade him. I think he's he's cut, unfortunately, for Mike Williams. He's what been 
an awesome player to watch on the Chargers. You know, he's done so many of the best moments of the last five, six years involve Mike Williams catches. Um, so obviously very grateful for his time on the Chargers. Him and Keenan were like at some kind of party last night and they were having a good time. And they like they're they're boys, they're 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 best buds, you know. So it's gonna be uh for, it's gonna not be fun to see those two separated, but unfortunately the money is the money and the business is the business. So mm-hmm. I think Mike Williams is cut. Like you mentioned, I don't think you can keep Keenan Allen on this existing contract. You can't restructure him because he's he's on the last year of his deal. I think you have to extend Keenan Allen, um, like Tyler mentioned. So to me, this the, the Joey versus Khalil thing is like a legitimate debate. I think you can talk yourself into one way or the other. To me, this is this is pretty easy. I think you cut Mike Williams. Not easy, but in terms of the numbers, in terms yes. of the roster, you know, I think you cut Mike Williams, you extend Keenan Allen, and you free up uh, a good amount of space that way. That would be uh, twenty-seven, or excuse me, thirty-seven million dollars savings if you potentially cut Keen, cut mike williams and, and extend keenan allen yeah that would go a long way and with what happens with lindsley again we're not 100 sure so we'll see that would at least get you in the positive and i think you'd be able to you can't really make any moves after that but you're in the clear you're allowed yeah. to proceed with your season yeah yeah i think you do these two things lindsley eric hendricks and then you can yeah. kind of maybe wait and see on on Joey Bosa and, and see if there's a trade market for him and on draft weekend kind of deal or same thing with Khalil Mack. So, yeah, you know, the chargers have to get cap compliant by the start of the new league year. They can get there with these two moves, Lindsay and Eric Hendricks. And then you can kind of wait and see on the edge rushers. That just also means you can't sign anybody in free agency, uh, <laughs> which would not be the worst thing in the world. Let Austin yeah. Eckler and, and maybe Gerald Everett get some compensatory picks for you and then do the summer free agency thing as well you mind if we just throw this up real quick just to see what after all of our verdicts so i guess we might as well talk about it the chargers are 45.8 million dollars over the cap so we're assuming i think cut mike williams it's no different right on either side pre or post correct okay so cut i can't see our other screens i'm just looking at this one and so move down to Corey after that Corey would be i guess cut is the only option right there's no Yeah. yeah Okay, so, so we'll Daniel Popper pointing out the Chargers could file for like an injury grievance. It would add like an additional million or two in cap savings, but it's effectively a cut for for Corey Lindsay. Okay, cool. I mean, not cool, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> Keenan Allen, we'll go. We'll do extend, which I think that'll auto do it for us if I do that. Yeah, you're gonna have to put in the extension, but. No. <laughs> <laughs> this what is why we see? usually do this one with Arjun. <laughs> Arjun, help. <laughs> what? Crap. Okay, wait. Hold on. I'm going to do it, guys. All right, here we go. What was uh, what was the savings for this year if they extend him? $17 million. So, yeah, you would have to put 17 there, I think. So, he, what? So, he'd... Fuck. Okay, so... He, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, so wait. Okay, so if you save 17 and he was at 32, that means his cap hit this year would be about 15, right? There you go. There you go. Right? So, geez, I, okay. And then next year it'd be like 17? Is that what we're saying? Yeah, that seems fair to me. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Okay, great. Good. I'm glad we're all on board with this. And the chat doesn't completely think I'm an idiot. All right. We've done that extension. You're welcome, Keenan. We did that for you. Uh, 
I'm not going to enter any uh, contract. Hold on, uh, scroll up and let's see where they're at now. They are now two million dollars. Cap compliant, right there. Cap baby. compliant. Thank you for retirements. Um, okay, now with Joey, I think it's. I think I, I, I lean trade. I think Joey gets traded. And what was the difference between pre and post? Uh, post is significant. Um, I think it's. Shoot. Let me, let me realistically go. though they probably have to tr- can you trade with a post june 1st designation even yes March? You can. it just means that you don't get the cap savings until june until after june 1st gotcha you want to say okay, trade? So pre- yeah so pre-june 1st you take on 22 million dollars in dead cap and you save 14 um if you change it to post it's the reverse so you take on a 14 million dead cap you save 22 so, so what am I what am I doing? <laughs> I, I I just do it as, as pre. I think that's that's probably more likely. I think right. if you do post, the other team would have to take on more money. I think you are more likely to trade Joey if you do pre-June first, and then uh you can get a better trade package, even with a larger dead cap hit. Yeah. I think I think Mac is the least if that's the decision with Joey, and I do think it is. I think Mac now becomes a do we ride out this final season? Do we trade him? I don't think we ended up on a uh, consensus verdict there. Did we end up at? I think we ended up at keep in some capacity, but that yeah, his value would be super high too. Yeah, uh, you could add like a void year if you really wanted to, but I, my brain is not ready for that. Do not ask me to do that. Right now. <laughs> no way, dude. <laughs> I, I mean, like in like the Chargers, you like you could you could add a void year for Khalil Mack, but I don't think you are extending him i think extending a soon-to-be 33 year old power rusher is is probably a a bit too risky for a guy like joe hortiz i think you just deal with kolomax current existing contract gotcha i'm gonna call arjun you want to call arjun live everybody <laughs> well you could also scroll down and and uh cut eric hendricks too wow okay well, i mean that's gonna happen yeah that'll happen we're calling Arjun, everybody. <laughs> it is uh, 10 p.m. where he is, by the way. Oh, did I just wake you up? Oh, that that's great. Yeah, great. Uh, so we're live right now, and I was, um, <laughs> we have no idea what we're doing on uh, over the cap. So, out of curiosity, it looks like Keenan Allen. If you extended him, they'd save 17 million dollars on the cap this year. Would his cap hit? next year be 17 million dollars what would it be <laughs> does that make any sense this is hilarious right now this is live tv folks hey you're on speaker now speak to the people yeah it depends on how much of their of his base salary they want to convert into a signing bonus so like it's not you don't really know how much cap savings he has until um until the extension like it's just like it's unknown can anybody even hear him yeah i can hear him at least okay great awesome so the answer is we don't actually really know yeah it could be anything it's like the it's like the peter griffin meme or whatever yeah <laughs> it could be anything great thank you all right thank you arjun thanks uh, arjun go to 54 minutes in our live stream you'll, you'll see when we call you thanks all right see ya 
That was great. That was great. Um, <laughs> uh, that was hilarious. Appreciate Arjun, man. He's the best. Uh, he's gonna be. No, he didn't help me at all. <laughs> but he answered a phone call from you at 10 p.m. and I assumed that he knew we were recording. <laughs> he's 22 years old. He's bar hopping on a Tuesday. <laughs> Just kidding. He's not. Yeah. He all right. Well. Uh, did you anyway. I did. So the Chargers, without doing anything with Kilo Max contract, uh, have $23 million in cap space. In theory, that could bring back a Gerald Everett. But yeah. uh, Gus Edwards and um, I don't know. That's the, there you go. That gets you probably. So you probably need $10 million to to save for the draft class. Yeah. Tom Telesco always preferred to have, you know, some some in-season money. So really like 23 million is is like maybe 12 million dollars in free agency spending money. There you go, man. So you can do a lot with that. Cheap guys. Yeah, man. Let's do it. Go do the uh I mean, Hortiz, they just did it with with Clowney with Van Noy, those kind of guys, so. Yep. yep. Go do that. I mean, uh, Charles Amenahu, unfortunately, towards ACL, uh, $6 million APY. So after having 70 pressures the previous season. So go, go get your Hassan Reddick, but he plays, I don't know, running back. No, that's terrible. Josh Jacobs, no, probably not. Derek they Henry, no. They would do, they would do that. <laughs> Derek Henry with Jim Harbaugh's offense, yeah, I could see that, but you gotta you you would have to be convinced that he would sign for cheap, hmm. and then you're drafting Bucky Irving in the second round. What a difference! We'll go Bucky Irving. Well, I guess Tajay Spears. Spears wasn't small. Anyway, that's that. All right, that was that was the thing that we did. I'm glad I was really super helpful. I hope 431 of you like and subscribe now because of my <laughs> god awful version of Over the Cap. This is why I picked biology, everybody. This is why neither of us are math majors and why we are not going to Tulane to uh, attend negotiation conferences uh, while we're in college. Yeah. Travis Arjun, though. All right, guys. Uh, that's going to do it for us today. Um, that last part was obviously not planned. <laughs> we will have a <laughs> planned conversation uh, to do a full breakdown with Arjun uh, before free agency starts um next month so uh, don't you worry arjun will uh, have us covered in terms of all the specifics that you might need to know so um like i mentioned tomorrow we'll have our reaction to the joe hortiz uh hiring also have our thoughts on jesse minter and how soon can the chargers contend with jim harbaugh and the rest of his crew in tow uh so that's gonna do that for us today hopefully you go like subscribe tune in tomorrow we appreciate all of you for tuning in tonight as always bolt up